It's time for Rhema for Today. Now, key number two is very simple. You already probably figured it out. The people drew near and stood before the Lord. Then the glory came. They drew near to God. Now, I know immediately you're going to say to me, we are in Christ, and that's correct. Positionally, you cannot draw any closer than you already are when you're in Christ. That's positionally. You got that? Positionally. Your position, you are in Christ. But I want you to understand something. We can draw nearer to God experientially. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth Hagin wraps up his teaching on God's greater glory. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Today is the last day. Right now, let's join Kenneth Hagin for today's message. I don't know whether you realize it or not, friend, but we are in the last days. And we need the greater glory. Because there's a world that's going to begin to clamor for safety and for something that they can hang on to. We saw a glimmer of this when two of our most treasured landmarks were brought to the ground with hundreds of people that lost their life. On that Wednesday night, that happened on 9-11, was on a Tuesday. On Wednesday night, you see this church building? This whole bottom floor was full like it is now, and two curtains in that balcony were open. Why? Because a tragedy had happened. And people began to realize that their answer is God. Even the church people got stirred up and began to fall on their face and pray. But it didn't take very long for it to wane. That's what I was talking about yesterday, that with each passing generation... It becomes a head knowledge and not a heart revelation knowledge. And if you're going to experience the greater glory, it cannot be a head knowledge, but it has to be a revelation knowledge on the inside of you. Intellectual knowledge of God and the things of God is not enough. We are living in critical times, people. We must show the glory of God in power and demonstration to those that are in need of deliverance. Now, I said I wanted to look at keys, and, and, and this was my introduction, and then I said I want to look in the Old Testament at some of the Scripture that I read yesterday but it will bear reading again because this is where I want to pick up my keys from. Now, in the days of Moses, let's look at some of the keys that caused them to have the glory. 
in Leviticus 9, 5, and 6, and then 23. They took the things Moses commanded to the front of the tent of meeting. The entire assembly came near and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so the glory of the Lord may appear unto you. Now if you'll read, Moses and Aaron went in, took some things in and so forth and so on. Now skip down to when they come out in verse 23, they come out of the of the place. You see, the people couldn't go in there. They couldn't go in where the glory of God. Only the prophet, priest, and, and the king were anointed in the Old Testament they had the spirit upon and they could go in but only after they went through a special cleansing process did they go in to that place the holy place and then only once a year did the main high priest go into the holy of holies he was the only one that was allowed to go where where the real power of God dwelt you see out in the holy place it was just a spillover but in there is where the power of God resided. And the ark, the covenant was there. They tied a rope around his ankle. He had bells on the bottom of his garment. If those bells quit ringing, they knew that God didn't accept him and they had to pull him out because he was gone. That's what the rope was for. You see, but now I want you to notice here. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of the meeting and when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Now see, we see the glory of the Lord appearing to the people. We will notice here that the glory of the Lord did not appear to everybody, only to certain ones and then at certain times it appeared to everybody. Now the key, number one key to the greater glory here in seeing the glory is that they were obedient to do what Moses commanded them to do. Look at that, see? They took the things Moses commanded to the front of the tent. He told them to bring some things. And they, see, they obey. If you're going to get the greater glory, you've got to obey what God says. When you obey what God says, God shows up. But there's so many times that we don't fully obey what God says. We partially obey what God says. Because it don't fit in with our plans. Obedience. The number one key to the greater glory is being obedient to what God says in his holy word to what God deals with you about in your own personal prayer time. The key to the greater glory is going to be obedience to change some things. Maybe even the format of your service. Maybe even some things you may have to change how you do some things. Look at John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by the Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Manifest the glory of God. Now key number two is very simple. You already probably figured it out. The people drew near and stood before the Lord. Then the glory came. They drew near to God. 
Now I know immediately you're going to say to me, we are in Christ. And that's correct. Positionally, you cannot draw any closer than you already are when you're in Christ. That's positionally. You got that? Positionally. Your position, you are in Christ. But I want you to understand something. We can draw nearer to God experientially. We can have an experience in our thoughts, in our attitudes, in our worship. James tells us, come near to God and he will come near to you. You see, yes, I understand positionally in Christ who we are, what we have, and so forth and so on, but we can have an experience of drawing nearer to God, even though positionally we are in Christ. Let me understand where I'm coming from on that. You see, because of what James says here, it, it tells us that people can be far away or closer to God in their thoughts, their attitudes, and their worship. These meetings like this are necessary so that we can draw aside, come aside from all of the things that we've been involved in so that we can draw closer to God in our thoughts and our attitude and in our worship. We've been around long enough now as charismatics to our worship sometimes is nothing more than a formality of what we talked about of what we come out of. I don't know whether you noticed or not, but we sort of changed the way we worship around here. I like it. I've seen a greater move of the power of God. Communion Sunday, we began, passed out the elements, and they began to sing. And all of a sudden, as the people began to sing, I mean, this place, nobody told anybody to do anything. But I want you to know the greater glory come in. The greater glory comes in when we learn how to worship. Now let's look at some more keys. We're going to go read from Solomon when he was dedicating the temple in 2 Chronicles 5. The priests then withdrew from the holy place and all the priests who were there had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. All the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jedithan, and the sons and the relatives stood on the east side of the altar dressed in fine linen, playing cymbals and harps and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The trumpets and the singers joined in unison as one voice to give praise and thanks to, to the Lord. Accompanied by the trumpets, cymbals, and other, other instruments, they raised their voice in praise to the Lord and sing, He is good, His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because the cloud for the glory of the Lord feel the temple. I want you to notice they joined in unison and were as one voice. Then let's skip on down then to the seventh chapter. And when Solomon had finished praying, 
All of this is during the dedication of the temple that he built. And they sang and so forth. Now, and he prayed a great prayer. You can read the prayer if you want to. Then when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. See, it wasn't until they did what they were supposed to do that the glory came down to reside in the temple that they had built for God. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Our offer is for a gift of $27 or more is Dad's uh, uh, CDs are actually no, it's a DVD, a DVD mm-hmm. uh, Victory Over Darkness and All the Powers of the Enemy, uh-huh. and my book, Jesus Name Above All Names. Yes. And that's for for a gift of $27 or more. Or more. Mm-hmm. And when you order that, we are going to give you my 3D, uh, three CD pack called Why God, Why Me, Why Now. And th- this deals with the fact how do we cope with life when things go wrong? Do we stand unwavering on God's Word? Uh, you know, uh, how many uh, have asked questions when you face the storm? Yes. <laughs> Why me, God? That's you know? right. <laughs> so we're going to give you that free when uh, you order the rest. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Monday, Kenneth E. Hagan will start a new and powerful teaching. That's next week on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Have a great weekend.